All right, you can open your Bibles to John chapter 8. And you can turn in your booklet if you want to that first session. John chapter 8 and find your way to verse 30. Okay, so we're going to start this session with another game, another opportunity to score some points. All right, so here's the ground rules. Leaders, you cannot help, all right? Teams, you'll have a limited amount of time to discuss for yourself, and then you're going to pick one person to uh, hold up your answer. The answers are going to be either one, two, or three, all right? Once I see all the teams' hands up, then we'll let the winner know. Sound good? So leaders, again, you cannot help. Okay. So this game, maybe you've heard it before. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. You guys heard that before? Yeah? Okay. So I'm going to give you three statements about myself, right? Two are true and one is a lie. Decide as a team which one of those three is the lie. Sound good? Yeah? All right. Statement number one. I have been to six countries outside of the United States. Statement number one, I've been to six countries outside of the United States. Statement number two, I once opened the window of a moving airplane. Statement number two, I once opened the window of a moving airplane. Statement number three, I once skied an Olympic half pipe. Statement number three, I once skied an Olympic half pipe. All right, discuss with your team. Pick one person, hold up one, two, or three. Which one's the lie? Leaders, no helping. Hey, no helping. What team is that? Team Team Orange. You guys have one up. Okay, good. Keep keep your hand up once once your team has an answer. Just pick one person from your team. Okay, so none of these guys over here. Team Orange, Team Blue has an answer. This Team Yellow. So I have Team Orange, Team Blue, Team Yellow. Who am I missing? Team Red? And Team Green. Team Red, who's holding it up? I mean, if you want to be influenced by other people. All right, orange says two, right? Blue's got three, yellow's got one. Red, what do you got? What team are you? You're green, green's got two, and red's got two? Yeah? Okay. Everybody's got their answers in? Yes? All right. The answer was number one, first statement. Yellow. Yellow got points. What? 
I was in a little airplane in, in Key West and it wasn't in the air yet. It was on takeoff. I was riding shotgun and the pilot said, hey, why don't you roll that window down? <laughs> and when you're riding shotgun and the pilot tells you to do something, you follow orders. Yeah, roll that window down. Good job, yellow team. Yes, good job getting points. Okay, so that was not just a, a game to earn some points, but uh, it's meant to, to direct our attention to a subject that I believe uh, God wants us to consider tonight in his word that's really important, right? And Jesus raises this subject amongst uh, a group of listeners because he, he wants them to understand something that's crucial for their lives and for what it means to actually know Jesus, to follow him, and to live a life according to that. And Jesus raises this reality of truth and untruth, right? That there are things that are true and things that are lies. And one of the tricky things, as we saw from that game, is actually discerning what is truth and what is lie, isn't it? That's the point of a lie, really. A, a lie is only as effective as it identifies itself so that you don't recognize it's a lie. Isn't that true? Now you're all questioning what's true. Jesus finds this critical, and, and it really ties into our theme for camp, right? We have our shirts and our stickers that say, set free. And Jesus is going to point us to how that actually happens and what that means, right? Because one of the questions that first pops in our head when we see maybe this shirt set free is free from what? And that's a crucial question to ask and Jesus brings that up. So in John chapter eight, verse 30, Jesus has a number of people who have been following him because of his teachings and the attention that he is getting. And so he addresses the people that are around him with these words. I'm going to read. You follow along. And he, speaking of Jesus, was saying these things, and many believed in him. And so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. For us to grasp what's going on here, I think is absolutely crucial. And I think particularly so for teenagers. 
to know what these words mean when Jesus addresses those who are following him and wanting to know who he is and what he's all about. And it's critical because Jesus kind of draws a line in the sand. This passage, it's meant, it's meant to press into the hearts and minds of those who are following Jesus. He presents this, this challenge to them about the truth. It's a challenge to the authenticity of those who are following him. See, what Jesus is getting at is all the people that are following him, that in this crowd, it's mixed. It's mixed with those who are authentically believing in him and those who are just believing in some of the things he says. And you can catch this. John actually writes this for us. If you look at verse 30, John says that he was saying these things to many and many of them believed in him. And then notice verse 31. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him. John changes the language there because he wants to make clear what Jesus is doing. And, and that's proving who's a real disciple. Do you guys know what a disciple is? A disciple is, is a, a follower or a learner. Someone who, who comes behind a teacher and trusts them and follows them for all their life. And Jesus wants to make clear what it means to be a true follower learner of his and how that makes all the difference for all of life. So what is a true disciple? Jesus gives the test. The test Jesus uses is this test of truth. So we have to ask this question, what do, we, what do we do with this? The main point that Jesus is getting at, and this is the main point for our looking at this passage, is that those who trust in the truth of Jesus, they get freed from the lies of the world. Now that asks some other questions, doesn't it? Do you guys know that the world, and when I say the world, I mean, all the people around you, the things that influence you, the things that you see in entertainment, in sports, uh, maybe friends at school, on sports teams, all of those things, that so much of that is trying to influence you with deception, with lies. Do you guys know that that's true? That so much of what you experience is seeking to deceive you. That's what lies do. And so Jesus wants to make clear that truth is what you need because when you believe lies, you're actually, what he says, you're enslaved, in bondage. And most of the time, you don't even know it. So I just want to look at three main points from this. The first is that we need to see that we're being lied to so often by what is around us. The truth that Jesus is speaking of as these listeners come around, it, it lands as a surprise on them, doesn't it? Look back at verse uh, 32, where Jesus tells them the truth, if you know it, it will set you free. How do they respond in verse 33? They're like, what are you talking about? Free from what? We're not enslaved to anything. 
We're offspring of Abraham. We have never been enslaved to anyone. How can you say we can become free? They have no idea what Jesus is talking about. It's a surprise because he's speaking about a truth that is going to set them free and they don't even know that they're in bondage. In fact, their argument goes so far to say that they have never been enslaved to anyone. Now, if you've been in church for a while and know some of the stories of the Bible and the people, the Jews that Jesus is talking to, that statement doesn't really make sense, does it? That the Jews have never been enslaved to anyone. We know about what happened, what, in Egypt. They were enslaved for a a little while? No, like hundreds of years, right? And then what happened to them later on in Babylon? Even right now, as Jesus is talking to these Jews, they're being ruled over by the Roman Empire. So they're so deceived by their own state and they're trusting in things and Jesus wants them to see that they're really enslaved and they don't even recognize it. Their response demonstrates that they are blind to the kind of bondage that Jesus wants them to understand and identify. And this is really, uh, this reality is not just something that happened so many thousands of years ago with the Jewish people and Jesus talking to them, but this reality happens right now in our culture all the time. That people are enslaved to lies and they don't even realize it. Jesus wants them to see that he's talking about a freedom that is much bigger than what they think. They prize things like their heritage and their religion, and they don't even realize how blind they are to what they are enslaved to. See, the, real, the truth is that they misunderstand what freedom Jesus is talking about. Jesus is talking about ultimate realities. He's talking about their souls being free. That they, they don't realize how short-sighted they are and they think freedom is things that they can create on themselves, but Jesus wants them to see it's much bigger and much deeper than that. So let, let me help you a little bit with some examples um, of how this takes place for you in particular as teenagers. What are some of the lies that you are being called to believe that you don't really realize are trying to get you enslaved and in bondage? Well, there's the category of what our culture tells you is true. So here's one thing that everybody, no matter where they are or what age they are, everybody's after the same thing. Everybody is pursuing happiness. Now, that all gets defined differently depending on the person and the place, right? But everybody really wants to be happy. And what happens is our culture tells you there are things that can make you happy, things that you should value that will make you happy. Things like, well, if you get a lot of people to like you, that's what will truly make you happy. Or um, if you can find a way just to like yourself, 
and not care about what other people think. That will make you happy. Happiness is found when you find whatever makes you comfortable. And so you should pursue that. And any kind of discomfort in your life should be avoided at all costs. Or here's a big one for us. Happiness is always based on the circumstances that you are in. Whatever's happening in that time and place, if you are not happy, then you just need to change the circumstances. And so that looks different for all different people, right? Happiness is found either in sports, in having a lot of money, in having the best, most fun experiences, in having relationships, certain friendships that you want, in, in being looked at as somebody special, right? Acclaim. All of these things are constantly pushed on you that these are the things that will truly satisfy, that will truly make you happy. And Jesus is getting to something far deeper because he wants us to see that all of those things are deceiving. All of those things are lies and they push us into this pursuit of going after them that is really a bondage. Jesus wants his listeners and he wants all of us tonight to see that the truth of who he is, is the ultimate key to finding real freedom in life. And that gets connected to that pursuit of actual lasting joy in our lives. You see, when Jesus tells them that they need the truth and the truth will set them free, he's not talking about a set of facts merely. He's not saying, you guys just have the argument wrong. He's saying that they need to know the truth about him, about who he is, in what he has come to do and to set them free. In the beginning of John's gospel, he says that Jesus has come and we have seen his glory full of grace and truth. John tells us that Jesus actually coming and becoming a person on earth is truth coming to be revealed to all those who are ready to see him and hear him. Jesus is this, this display of truth, this revealing of what is true. Jesus himself is the truth on which sets us free from the things that want to keep us enslaved. Let me show you how this works. Jesus talks about slavery uh, further on, starting in verse 34. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Now, here's what's critical to understand. What do we think about when we hear that word sin? I'll tell you what I often think about. I often think about a list of rules. That sin is keeping the rules or breaking the rules, whether or not you're sinning or not. If I just do these things. And then what happens is we believe that, that rules are like these boundary lines that we just can't step over, right? 
and they keep us where we're supposed to be. But what we have to discover is that sin is not merely a set of rules that must be followed. When the Bible talks about sin, it always has to do with relationship to God, with the one who made every one of us. Sin is not simply doing wrong things. Sin is is rebellion or turning away from relationship with God. Every one of us was made by God. Every one of us is known by God. Every one of us is purposed to be in relationship with God. And sin at its root is a a turning away from that relationship with God, pushing away that God-designed friendship we are meant to have with him. Does that make sense? So sin isn't just breaking the rules, it's breaking a friendship with God. It's, It's rebelling against that, turning away from God. One time, God's people kept doing this, pushing him away when they were meant to have friendship with him. And so God sent one of his prophets to get their attention. And the prophet Jeremiah said these words. He said that the heavens should be utterly shocked, that all the world should be utterly shocked because God's people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, which means pushed God away, the fountain of living waters. That's what God calls himself. And they have dug out their own wells for themselves, these broken wells that can hold no water in which to drink from. Do you see the picture that God's drawing? He's saying, I am like this this fountain of ever bubbling, refreshing, cool drink water that never runs dry. And I'm here to give, to quench the thirst of my people in my friendship with them. And here's what they've done. They've seen that beautiful fountain and turned away from it. And not only turned away from that beautiful fountain, But they went over and tried to dig their own holes to drink out of. And these holes can't even hold the water of refreshing drink. That sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Why would they do that? Why would they turn away from this beautiful, refreshing fountain and try to dig their own holes to drink out of? Because they believe the lies. They believe the lies that something other than God is more satisfying. That something other than God is more pleasurable. The world, your own sin nature inside of you, the devil is constantly calling you to do that same thing. To look at God and say, no thanks, I'll find my joy over here. And 
I am jealous, and I believe God is jealous for you to see throughout this week that in his word and knowing Jesus more will set you free from those lies. True and lasting joy is in the friendship with God where you were meant to drink. And so the truth of knowing Jesus is to set you free from that rebellion against God. Do you see how sin is not just breaking rules, but turning from a friendship? And we don't even realize it. And that's why Jesus says truth is necessary because truth will set you free from that deception of that lie. Knowing the truth, this is the crucial reality for every person. Every one of us, the listeners that Jesus spoke to, every one of us here today, we need to see that we are desperately in need of being set free from that lie. Coming to know Jesus, the truth of who he is, a man come to this earth to bear our sin, to die in our place, raised as a proof that what he did was accepted by God, that is the only reality that's able to set us free from those lies. Do you see how crucial it is to know this truth? To know Jesus, to see that that freedom in him is the only thing that will bring us real joy? It changes how we understand what freedom is, too. A lot of us, if you ask the question, what is freedom? People would often define it as being able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, right? That sounds like freedom. How many of you here drive? Is anybody here? Wow, that's way more. Oh, good. Pastor Paul drives. That's good. That's more than I thought. How many of you are getting, getting ready, getting close to being able to drive? Okay. All right. Maybe you can relate to this. I remember when I was, you know, taking the test and getting ready, waiting for that time where I could get my license, and I was super excited. Why was I super excited? I wasn't super excited just because I could then operate a motor vehicle. I was super excited because that license and being able to drive, it opened up a, a measure of freedom, right? I was like, oh, now I don't have to rely on someone else to bring me where I want to go, when I want to go there. I, like, I'm free to go do that myself. Do you guys, can you guys relate some of that freedom? It's exciting, right? Now, consider this. All of that anticipation, I get my license, I'm super excited about the freedom I'm going to experience, and I get in the car, and I head out onto the road, and there are absolutely no traffic laws in existence. There's no lines on the road, there's no lights anywhere, there's no stop signs anywhere, no speed limit, no traffic patterns, all that studying that I had to do in the book and take the test, Right? None of that exists, right? Whatever you want, whenever you want. Would that be more freedom or less freedom? 
we think it would be more freedom, right? Would that allow me to enjoy that freedom? Probably not, right? That's going to end bad, isn't it? Without, without the boundary lines, without the traffic laws and the patterns, without those things in place, the freedom that I think I have can't be truly enjoyed and experienced. The freedom that Jesus sets us free on is then guided by his loving commands. See, lots of people think that Christianity is about following the rules of the Bible and it's very restrictive. It's the opposite of freedom. But when we discover the truth of Jesus and why those things are in place, we begin to see that, no, no, the commands that God lays before us are meant for us to enjoy the freedom we have in friendship with him. Do you see the difference? God's commands to us are not meant to restrict our freedom, but they're meant to set us free to enjoy that freedom we have in relationship with Jesus. Jesus tells these listeners that truth is necessary to set them free from the lies of the world, to help them see that the world is seeking to enslave them by its lies, and then to allow them to live in the joy that that freedom brings. Look back at verse 31. This is a crucial verse in our Bibles. Jesus says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. How do we know if we are a true follower of Jesus? Jesus tells us right here. It's about abiding. That word just means to, to remain, to stay consistently in. True disciples of Jesus will stay consistently in his word. Living under these, these loving commands and boundaries sets us free to live a life of joy in relationship with Jesus. Relationships really work well as we get to know someone. Is that true? The more we get to know, how do we know somebody? How do we get to know someone? What do we do? We talk to them, right? We have a conversation with them. We engage them with words. I can remember when I was going to take my wife out on our first date. And I was super nervous, right? She's really pretty. Um, and I remember that when I asked her, she was a bit shy. And so I had a game plan. I wanted to avoid those moments of kind of awkward silence and conversation, sitting at the table at a restaurant, looking at each other and not knowing what to say. And so my game plan was, I'll pick a restaurant that's a good distance away so we have a long drive and we can kind of get the awkward conversation out of the way without having to stare at each other, right? Because I thought, she's kind of shy and that, that, that might work. And so then I had that game plan. It was like a 40-minute drive to the restaurant. And then I had a list of questions in my head. Okay, these are some good questions that I can ask. And then that way it won't be so awkward once we get to dinner. And it'll go well. And so I, I went and I picked her up. And we got in the car. And I was all ready to kind of 
I got this plan to engage these questions. And as soon as we got in the car, she did not stop talking the whole way to the restaurant. We got to know each other by engaging in conversation through one another's words, right? Jesus, he wants you to know him. And God is so kind. He has given us words to engage in this relationship with him. Jesus wants you to know him because he himself is truth and he desperately wants you to be set free to a life of joy in relationship with him. And so he's given you these words and says, know me, get to know me, become my friend more and more, stay in relationship with me and here's a way to do it. We can live lives in ever-deepening friendship with Jesus when we remain in his words. And his words are not just on a page for us, but they're meant to fill up our hearts and our minds and shape our lives so that we not only read words that help us know Jesus, but then we live those things out in our lives living under those words, letting his words be the things that help us decide what things to do and what things not to do and how to treat other people and how to think about the world around us and how to engage in relationship with other people. Jesus comes along and gives us all these words to then live by in freedom with him, in abiding friendship with him. And when we do that more and more, we experience more and more freedom and more and more authentic joy. See, just like those broken holes that really can't hold water, all the things that the world promises that will satisfy, you might get a little sip or two of joy and then it runs dry. And I don't want you to sip at fountains that run dry. I want you to come to the fountain of living waters. It never runs dry. It never deceives. It always fills you more and more to have real lasting joy in your life. Jesus offers you that kind of joy. We're going to spend this week through the other teachings in our small groups talking more and more about this freedom that comes in real relationship with Jesus. And I want you guys to know this. Every one of you has been prayed for. Your name has been spoken by others to God that you would know this truth and that it would become real in your life. That that would make a difference for you. And so I'm gonna pray now for that, for this week, for all of us. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we come before you. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you that Jesus is truth. 
We thank you that you desperately desire to be in relationship with us, to have a friendship with us. And I pray and ask, Lord, that through the truth of your word, the work of your Holy Spirit, that each one of us would come to see the lies that are all around us, see them for what they are, and that we would see Jesus for who he is. And that you would bring us into deeper relationship with him, setting us free to live lives for joy in you. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.